millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Charlton Live. It is our annual show from the Player of the Year dinner. We are here in uh, the fans' bar, cross bars, as it used to be known at the uh, the dinner. The players have just been uh, introduced to the room, and uh, everyone's sitting down to start to tuck in uh, to their dinner. So let's uh, introduce everyone who's joining us on the Charlton Live table, um, tucked away in the corner. Uh, no dinner to be seen here, of course, uh, but plenty to talk about, especially with breaking news whilst we've even been here. So uh, let's go around the table to introduce everyone that's here. First up to my right-hand side, uh, it is Lewis Cat. Good evening, Lewis. How are you doing? Good evening, mate. Yeah, not too bad. How are you? Yeah, not too bad indeed. Looking forward to a, to a good evening? Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see who wins the awards, won't it? I think it'll be a, it'll be a good evening. It's always, always nice to round off the season here doing this show as much as the season maybe has been a little bit forgettable. I always enjoy this time of the year and doing this show with all of you guys so yeah yeah no it should be a good night yeah and uh lewis become about the 20th person i've had to remind uh, this evening the season's not over yet we've still got one more game we've had a people who've come up to me since we got here so thank goodness it's over it's like well, you know we're playing again next weekend don't you um one of one of those who i'm sure is dreading next weekend already is joe puddy for how you doing joe yeah no really good i mean i, w- I was better before you reminded me about next week uh, <laughs> but it's, it's nice to be here absolutely packed out so uh well done to the guys selling the tickets. They maybe should take over selling the club. They would get do a better job than uh, we seem to be doing at the minute. They can sell literally anything. Is, is, is the takeaway we've got from this? But you know, we always uh, take our hats off to to Gene and Ian and Marion and everyone involved in organising the, these events. Are always fantastic. And uh, yeah, thank, thanks of course to, to Gene for letting us have our little table in the in the room. Um, and uh, yeah, do a great job every year. And it is, it is a great evening. Um, even when it has been a terrible season and, and you know that, that that is the case unfortunately again uh, also joining us to my left hand side uh, it's, it's the chef Mr Mark Newby how do you Mark? I'm finally out of the kitchen and happy to be here so I'm yeah. good mate yeah I, I, I wondered if this is like a busman's holiday for you going to a big dinner um, as long as they don't ask me to go in and give them a hand I'll, I'll be fine so, yeah. so I'm done for the day <laughs> excellent stuff and also joining us it's going to be sort of here here on and off throughout the evening Terry Smith how you doing tell yeah I'm good mostly off because I thought there was dinner <laughs> yeah no we do not provide any <laughs> no clearly on Charlie and I, not, even, the, not even our own resident chef has brought any food what's the you know <laughs> the budget does not stretch that far I, ha- I have got a uh, cheese and pickle sandwich in the my evening bag. promises to be as flat as Terrell Thomas's car tyre <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah Terrell Thomas was introduced into the room uh, by Scott Minto but then uh, he had to admit that he's not here just yet because he had a flat tyre on the way here so even our players cars getting injured and that, that's the sort of season <laughs> sort of season we've had so um, I'm on this week we'll have a very brief look back at yesterday's game in a few moments time um, but as I mentioned since we've actually been in this room breaking news on the takeover front uh, from Ben Ransom suggesting um, that effectively Charlie Mevin's group are back on the scene Joshua Friedman's consortium which is now what this is being sold as you know they're trying to keep Charlie Mevin's name away from it um, have 
returned with a fresh offer, £10.5 million received by the club on Thursday, according to Ben Ransom uh, from Sky. Um, and also, he's also sort of uh, alluded to the, the rumours that were rife for anyone who was here at the game yesterday would, would have, uh, and spoke to anyone who was sort of speaking about the takeover would, has heard that the Spiegel deal was off. This is what we were hearing after the game yesterday. Some were hearing sort of just before the game. Um, and Ben sort of gone along those lines as well. So another twist in what has been a pretty standard takeover story, really, for John, but obviously a bizarre, difficult-to-process situation that we find ourselves in. So we'll talk about that as well. Obviously, we'll have a guess about who we think were in Player of the Year. Uh, later on in the show, once we've heard the awards, hopefully we'll get a few of the players uh, to, to come over and say hello and, uh, and sit down and do, do an interview. Um, they, they're normally eager to, to, to do that. Um, so hopefully there will be again. We've got some uh, a goal music being played on the screen now in the background. They're showing a, a bit of a goal of the season uh, competition. Uh, Sean Clare's about to rocket one into the top corner uh, against uh, Plymouth. So yeah, we're just seeing the goals with uh, Greg and Terry's uh, commentary in, in the background. So uh, hopefully that won't be too overpowering for the audio. But yeah, Lewis, I think we have to start on, on the breaking news uh, from, from Ben Ransom. When, when we, we were in this room, you know, we came here wondering what we, what exactly we were going to talk about on the takeover. Like I said, I heard yesterday the story going round about Spiegel still either being off or, you know, certainly struggling. That seems to be the case now, according to what Ben Ransom has said. And now Joshua Friedman, who was part of this group led by Charlie Mevin, back on the scene. Where do we go from here? What do we make of this? It's just another, another story, isn't it? I mean, when you look at... Joshua Friedman, much like Mark Spiegel, know very little about him. Don't know where he's come from. It seems to be quite a, um, you know, quite a, a steady rumor, given that it's been shared on, on on the news now through through Sky, through Ben. So it's another another twist in the tale, isn't it? A, a never-ending saga of of mess, really. You know, we've we've spoken a lot over the last few weeks about. Well, I mean, someone's just scored a goal. <laughs> Makes a change. Um, yeah, we've spoken a lot on the show recently about how important the preparation for next season is and that we obviously need things to be in place before we can even think about preparing for next season. And we're getting agonisingly close now. Um, obviously, next week, last game, and then the players will go away for their breaks and some some will be offered deals and some won't. And before those decisions can really be made with any kind of concrete, um, you know, concrete decision to be ironed out, it, it's going to be reliant heavily on what happens with this takeover and you know it looked like the, the Spiegel deal was done on on Friday or, the, or there was a deadline of Friday um, which regardless of how much we knew about him or how optimistic we were about him coming in it at least meant that we could start thinking about next season and, and maybe what that would look like obviously it now seems that that may not be the case and we've seen this Friedman um, it's Friedman it's Joshua Friedman uh, consortium come in and and we're back to square one again ultimately all I care about as a fan is that someone comes in uh, you know puts the money where their mouth is and gives Dean the tools to prepare for next season because we don't want to be sat here in 12 months time having the same conversations about a dead rubber season so it's frustrating really because I, I just want a deal done now so we can all start looking ahead to next season What, what, what are you making of it Joe? I, I, I'm just not sure where we sit now um, it, it's easy to forget that when when the, the Meffin consortium was out there, there, there were a lot of stories about cost cutting, all that sort of stuff. You know, are we going back to that? None, none, of, none of these takeovers, Spiegel, Meffin, anyone, has filled me with confidence. So it feels like we're on a bit of a merry-go-round. 
which annoyingly has still got no resolution one way or the other anyway. Yeah, we, we seem to be on a perpetual merry-go-round as a club and, and the people I feel most sorry for are the people who have to moderate Cholton life because at least they, they think the forum might quieten down over the summer and they get a, a little bit of time off but they're going to be worked to the bone again uh, as rumours abound. It, ultimately, ultimately, whoever takes in or takes over, we're not really going to know what they're worth until they start signing some players, until they start putting some real money behind their, their aims of the club. And uh, how long how long is it going to take us to do that? Because even when they come in, it's going to be a bit late in the day, it feels like now, for, for the players. So this is going to be probably a two-season job to, to get the club rebuilt to where it needs to be, even with the money coming in. Because we're going to lose those... We're going to lose potentially some targets through this, and the, it's got to be unsettling for the squad. They're going into a summer now, just as we are, thinking, well, what are we turning up for on the first day of pre-season? Who's going to own? Who's still going to be here? Can we offer any contracts? It's, it's perpetually being on the back foot, and it's another summer where we're going into it yet again on the back foot and hoping for a bit of a miracle, and they don't happen that often in SE7. No, they, they don't, uh, and, and that's you know, a concern, Mark, because... Now, ultimately, all, the, all this bumbling around over the last few years under Sandgard, now with this this takeover, whoever's going to come in, taking absolutely forever. It, it, as, as Joe said, it puts us on the back foot and, and it leaves us stagnating in League One, which is never going to be acceptable for a club of our size, you know. And, and, and I don't, I'm not saying it's a given that we, we deserve to be in the Championship because clearly, based on some of the rubbish we've put out at times this season and, and the way the club's been run and you know we, we haven't given ourselves the best chance of getting up there but I wonder how long fans will, will continue and I'm not saying they are but will continue to settle for this because we're seeing the crowds getting lower and lower every season there's people who I spoke to here this evening and you know I'm not saying people who aren't here aren't hardcore but come to the dinner you've got to be pretty hardcore and there's people said to me so far this evening they're not sure if they're going to be we uh renewing their season tickets you know the longer this nonsense goes on the worst state we're going to be left with when it finally gets resolved whether that's this summer whether that's a summer in 10 years time and the rate is going it feels like the one in 10 years time feels more likely yeah it's difficult because it's where's the encouragement for the next generation of fans because we are in limbo you know over the last four or five years how many owners managers takeovers there's been no um, steady line anywhere along the ship. Every time you're thinking something's going to happen, you're almost disappointed. And I think we're, you know, possibly as football fans, you're, you're semi-cynical by nature. But I think as Charlton fans, we've been through the ringer so much in the last 10 years. I mean, the last 10 months. And you just, like Joe said, you just want someone to come in and we know where we stand. You know, I'm not looking for someone to come in and say and promise for well because we know that's not going to materialize we want someone to come in and say this is my plan this is the backing for it this is what we want to be looking at over a long term we've got an amazing structure in our academy well you know every year we're, we're producing Rolls Royces off that line and every year we're just seeing these players being cherry-picked by other clubs and so it's, you know you start again and Sometimes they say it's for hope which kills you, but I mean for Charlton fans, you know, we, you know you're going to lose 500 to 1,000 fans again because we are going to be just a st steady decline in League One side, and the infrastructure is here to be a much bigger team than we are. I mean, you are where you are. I always said this, you know, you you are where you are deserve to be. The way we've played this season, 
we deserve to be in League One. I mean, sometimes we've deserved to be in League Two the way we've played. But, you know, it's for the future, which is where you've got to look five years, ten years down the line. Can, can you see where the club is going to be? Because, you know, I've followed them for almost 40 years and I'm thinking there's nothing there now, which I'm thinking, where do I see Charlton in five years' time? Are we still going to be around? Because it just seems to be some sharks circling the water thinking, are they going to come in, asset strip? Are they looking to come in and make a quick buck? Are they looking to come in and see what they can get out of it for them and not look at the club? The club's special. The manager gets it. He gets why we're a special club. What you want is an owner to come in. I mean, the perfect example, we've been following, you know, Wrexham this season from afar because we've seen what's happened. When someone's come in and they've bought into the ethos and they've got behind the team and they've just been promoted with the whole country it seems of Wales getting right behind them and it's that's what can happen when it's done properly I mean you know where we stay in I think like I say I think the next three months is, is the um, litmus test for us because we just want to see what players are coming and going and what there is for us to move forward in the next season mm. so I, 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 want to, I want to think about worst case scenario and best case scenario for the next month because a month's time transfer business should have been started behind the scenes by now already and Dean has said you know he'll have his lists of targets and as you were saying before we started he'll have list one list two list three depending on where we land but let's talk best case scenario first what is the best case scenario because I have absolutely no idea what could happen I think we only know what the worst case scenario is I don't think anybody knows what the best case scenario is because I mean, I'm probably like just about every every time. I'm exhausted with all of this. Do you know what I mean? And I've been for a few, but this is this has just exhausted me more than any other time because it's just continuous. You know, you seem to get uh, an, an owner that uh, you hope will take us forward. It doesn't quite happen. Uh, then you get uh, owners that, for many reasons, then you get owners that uh, are only here to asset strip. Then you get an owner that, again who you think they're going to take us forward. And it doesn't seem to happen. And now we've just got. Vultures circling, by the sounds of it. We don't know. We have no idea. We're only going by past history, so we don't know what the intentions of the three, four, five, ten, twenty, however many people who are uh, out there that are thinking about uh, buying the club. So, yeah, I'm just exhausted with it all, and I, I, I just don't know. I mean, that's the point. There's no point in looking at best case scenarios because we don't know what they are. <laughs> we have no idea what they are. The only, the only statement, the statement you made about the merry-go-round, the only bit I disagree with that is the merry bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you, do you know what's most disappointing about that answer, Tell is I came to you for best case scenario because I thought you'd be best placed to be the, the one who could lift us up. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows, do they? I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I could turn around and say uh, this latest one is supposedly uh, uh, a wealthy man um, who, uh, who wants to buy us. But how many supposed wealthy men have we had trying to buy us already? So I'm at the point now until I see the ink drying on the contract and the, uh, and the proof of funds. and Oh, yes, he has got billions. Then we'll talk about best case scenario. Mm, well, I'm off to get some Mogadon anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, I know, I know we'd uh, cheer everyone up with our show this evening. There is some um, worst case scenario in terms of, um, and again, I'm, I'm not, I don't know if Thomas Sangard staying is the worst case scenario, but I think he probably is. And that's then assuming that anyone who comes in has to be better, and that's a very brave assumption. But if, if we do get that scenario where Thomas stays and it's been quite clear that he's wanted to 
run a tight ship in terms of spending too much money over the last year. You know, if you think about what... Wind back to last year's Pro of the Year dinner show and the conversations we had with Thomas Angard and what actually happened in the summer compared to what he said to us. Goodness me. But if we get another year of that, we didn't flirt with relegation this season overall with however many points above it. Quite, quite, a, quite a handy amount of points above the relegation zone. But at one point, there was probably people fearing that, that we could have got sucked into that. If we bumble around in League One mid-table every year, stand, you know, standing still is, is going backwards, we will eventually find ourselves in League Two. I'm, I'm genuinely concerned that that's more likely to happen over the next five years than, than going up based on what we've seen over the last two or three. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think, you know, when you when you say about worst case scenario, is that is that Thomas staying in charge? It, it probably sits on two sides of a fence where if he has a sudden epiphany that he wants to invest and, and try and, you know, help get a competitive squad together that's going to challenge for promotion. But, you know, the proof in the pudding has been that, yes, he may have put some money in, which we can't argue because he has, but the decisions that have been made have led to some you know some some seriously underperforming seasons i agree with you that at the moment if we're going on his original five-year plan of getting into the premier league we are much closer to league two like than we are to the championship i agree like i thought this year around november december just as ghana was going that we were in a bit of a battle I, i don't know if that was because the call to bring Ben Garner to the club was maybe a little bit short-sighted because he he was changing a whole brand of football in in the space of like a six-week period. And, and you're, you're entrusting people to make that decision that this is the brand of football we wanted to play in League One to the wrong people because that was a Thomas Martin decision. And I asked Thomas about that at mm. Dartford in pre-season. Are you confident that this style of football will get Charlton out in League One? Yeah, well, and, why has he been allowed to... I know it's his, it was his club, but why did he think you, he entrust himself to make that decision? No, you, you can't have an owner dictate the way that your, your football team play. I mean, yeah, you, of course, every, everyone wants to play open, expansive and attractive football. You know, it's good to watch and it's enjoyable. But at this level, you have to sign real players of quality that can play that system. And when Ben came in, you know, we didn't spend any money on players. We brought in a couple of people from Swindon that he played that system with before, the, the likes of Jojo and and Manny um, came over Jack Payne as well but but really like you, you're not gonna you, you can't build Rome in a day you can't take the same group of players that were playing a certain style under Johnny Jackson three months prior to Ben taking charge of his first game and expecting that same crop of players to play like Man City it, it's not gonna happen so look the, the worst case scenario for me is just the uncertainty it's not so much Thomas staying because if he if he has a certain you know he's got to inject some funds into the club to keep it moving I mean if he doesn't then it's it's absolute you know career suicide for him really if it's going to start turning and I imagine the protests and, and everything will begin to ramp up but it, it's about you know for, for, as Tell said like it's about the the uncertainty of the football club that is the that's the worst case and if we're going to mount any kind of challenge next season we need something buttoned up done and dusted as quickly as possible so Dean can get on with what he needs to do to make us competitive because there's only really one thing at the club at the moment that I think we're getting right and that is that is Dean because I mean you see the reception he got when he walked in today the, f- the fans are on his side and I think that that's a powerful thing here at Charlton we've seen it with Bo we've seen it with Jacko we've seen it with Pauli when you've got your fans on side and you've got somebody that a manager that fans can connect to like Dean it can be a really powerful thing here don't waste that 
by not putting in the relevant funds and giving the guy the, you know, the facilities and everything, the resources that he needs to mount a challenge. Because I have all my faith in Dean that he can, but only if he's given the right tools to do so. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. And I will say, I think in terms of making an impact on the fan base, with the way he's interacted with them. I don't, th- I don't think anyone's done it better than Dean because he has come as an outsider. Um, you know, Bo, Jacko, you know, all those sort of child legends have been part of it, have, have, have had that almost handed to him because of what they achieved in their careers with the club. Now, Dean, I think, recognises that he needs to garner some good feeling around the place. Like, gen- genuinely, I think the, the mood in the fan base can help play a part a little bit, only a little bit, but Dean's got that spot on. Um, and you know even things like yesterday he was he was at the upbeats walk we were saying that I honestly can't remember another manager coming to the upbeats walk and I, I honestly I think he's done a superb job on that front I think he's brought a little bit of leeway by doing that in terms of on the football side because you know results improved massively but not enough to have been a challenging side if we played that out over the course of the whole season um, but yeah Joe uh, your, your views on the manager he, he needs the tools to work with doesn't he but I guess garnering all that goodwill is only one part of his job as well it is only one part of his job but it's a job he's done spectacularly when you consider he's done it by managing probably the least liked group of players in the history of the club so it's not exactly like he came in with a you know a good hand to play he's managed to invent something from nothing in terms of that will uh, and that, that goodwill towards him so I, I think I think Dean's a, a, a great example of someone who's come in and just got the club, gets the ethos, has got the fans, and that momentum is there. But I, I'm a bit more pessimistic than most Charlton fans, as is pointed out sometimes in yeah. uh, in comments and stuff after the show. I think if we take Raksaki out of this league, out of this team, and you replace him with Kirk, then Dean's probably got these results with a team that would have been in a grudge match with Morecambe for who would have been potentially going out of the league because I think Raksaki's worth 20 points and you take him out and you're on 41 so he's going to have to get the tools in how do you get the tools in when you haven't got any certainty in the board that's impossible and when you don't have full control because we know that no manager here has full control over signings while Sangard is here that's going to be a real challenge for him and I would like to see him bolster the backroom team and look, if he's going to do this properly and he's going to be given the support to do this properly it's got to be his DNA from top to bottom so that he can live and die by the players out there and he can live and die by the philosophy and the results because unless you do that you're not going to have that complete buy-in throughout the club and I think that we don't have players that are bought in on the level that he is he's got to get another 11 to 18 Dean Holden style people who want to live and breathe and give a real care about the club and some of the players he's got coming back which we're probably going to touch on one of them later isn't they're not even those players so he's got a bigger clear out job I think than any manager has before even probably bigger than Powley's job yeah and, and that's part of it and yeah and I, I like the phrase Dean Holden type players because I, I don't think there's anywhere near enough of them in this squad Mark you know I've, we've had our conversations about you know and I, I never ever ever accuse players of efforts but I, I think the last few weeks that there's been things to me that have shown lack of effort which is one of the most painful things as a fan because you know I was on on the drive over here I was thinking of uh, old uh, player of the year dinners there was one ridiculous one years ago where I ended up hugging Simon Church when he was leaving the club 
because you know I, th- I was thanking him for the effort he put in because Simon had his um, had his downfalls you know mainly finishing and, and he's majority of his game but his effort was just like he always tried so hard and I and, and, and because of that I really found an affinity with him Dean, Dean has spoke about quite a few times over the last few weeks about characters the ones already in the building and out of the building that he wants to bring in and change um, and yeah it's, it's all well and good saying that but if, if we're in a summer where we don't know our budget or we've got a very small budget sometimes beggars have to you know, can't be choosers you end up you get what you're given in terms of the type of player you're going to end up with yeah I mean well, I don't think the um, players realise how lucky they are most of us would give our newborn children to be a professional football player you've got, you've got two now Mark if you I, want was, to, I yeah. can spare one yeah. um, but we would, get, would, would be able to do that and someone's just rubbed my head for luck so that was, that was good to rub Mark's head and uh, no and he's right he's that kind of player and you think to yourself why why can't we attract that or what's missing I think unfortunately when Piercy retired we lost that kind of seminal leader I mean look Dobbo's a good skipper but he's not that kind of leader where you need people to be sort of like scared of to get the effort out of them we we had too many who you know were just paycheck warriors and it's, it's a sad thing yeah the life of a footballer isn't long but it's not going to get any sort of like longer if you're not prepared to run in a match. It's not going to, because no one's going to pick you up when you're out of contract because they're going to look at what you do. You know, half these players, and I'm going to be, you know, quite brutal here, are going to be lucky to find themselves in League Two teams, you know, next season once they've left us. Because I can't see anyone in our division or higher going, oh yeah, let, let's pick him up. So it, it's a sad thing. And you see, so. You know, we are going to have to rely on our youth system. You know, we do have a handful of diamonds coming through, and it just seems to be every now and then, you know, there's another one. You know, if we can keep hold of um, Leeburn in the summer, because that's a thing, because no one knows if someone comes in with an offer, if Thomas is just going to go, yeah, that'll do for me, because that'll help. At this rate, no one's, no, no one's going to know who to send it to. But like, who's in well, charge currently? Well, <laughs> that, that's it. But, you know, at the moment, he's, he's the person whose name's at the top of the um, company's house. So he's the one who you'd go to. And it could be a silly offer. I mean, I would take a silly offer plus a loan back for a season. But, you know, you, you never know what the advice he's going to get. Money talks. And we are just going to be back where we are. And like you say, you know, there's nothing to say in two years' time we're doing this from League Two. Yeah, well, hopefully not. But as I said, it's a possibility. Now, you may have heard her uh, coming in, rubbing in, uh, rubbing Mark's head for luck. Sue Gallup has uh, managed to put down her dinner for long enough to come and join us. How are you doing, Sue? How's it going? I'm really good. Yeah. I'm really good. What's yeah. the dinner? What's the dinner? I've been looking enviously. So we had Charlton chicken. Nice. Broccoli and new potatoes. Love it was it. actually quite nice. Yeah. It was yeah. actually quite nice. While we've been here, Sue, uh, I don't know if you've seen the breaking takeover news that um, uh, Ben Ransom tweeted. Well, so you haven't seen it, judging by your face. So just, <laughs> while, while we've been in the building, Ben Ransom's tweeted that effectively the Charlie Mevin lot are back on the table and the Mark Spiegel takeover has, has effectively fallen through, which is what a lot of us were hearing yesterday. Um, Joshua Friedman, who was part of the Mevin Consortium, uh, they're saying they've gone back oh, in with so a new funny beard. Enough, we was actually before Ryan joined us, we was uh, we was talking about the Joshua Friedman thing. Because it was, wasn't he someone that came in before? And he was to do with Meth. Really, he was Methan's group. He was yeah. part of Methan's group. 
Oh my. Yeah, so what, what, what are you making? The whole so, I mean, we, we were talking about how we're concerned it's probably going to set us back a little bit in, in, uh, in the summer window, the fact that nothing's sorted yet and there's all this uncertainty. Um, what would you make of that? I, guess, I wonder if Dean Holden might look at that as a positive because he obviously came in under that group in the first place. Yeah, I guess I, I guess when you look back to the, the people that Charlie brought in at the time that he looked like he was going forward, Dean was one of those people that came in. So, potentially, he might be like... Yeah, I'm happy with that because they were the people that were telling me, right, we're going to do this and that and the other in the summer break. Obviously, Mark was like a bit of an unknown quantity because we didn't know what what backing we were going to get in the like in the summer break in terms of transfers. So, yeah, I I don't know. I, I don't feel like I feel this. It's like you've just chucked this at me, and I don't know what to yeah, say. Yeah. It's like wow. I know that something was going to break today, but I didn't realise it was going to be that. Yeah. Uh, well, since we've been talking about players, and, and to be fair, I, I'm going to lay, lay my uh, colours uh, on, on the table here. I, 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 I'm nowhere near as annoyed about this as everyone else seems to be. But overnight, a video of Alex Gilby and his celebrations with, um, with Stephen, who came out, um, singing we, we Hate Cholton or something along those lines. Now, my reaction to that is, you, you can tell he's in a the room, they're celebrating promotion. He's in a conversation with either a fan, I think it's a fan because he's having a photo taken. There's every chance the conversation was, what are you going to do? Do you go back to Charlton now? What's going to happen? I think, I, I reckon what's happened is someone else has started singing, no, we hate Charlton. They've probably sung that about other clubs, not in that video as well. I think Gilby's just joining because I, I honestly don't think it's that big a deal. But Probably they've had a few beers yeah, after the um, celebration. Yeah, really. we, we've, had, we've had problems with uh, you know, the, the likes of Macaulay Bond's Instagram stuff this, uh, this season. You know, there's, there's been other fan slash uh, player rea- <laughs> reaction stuff. Um, but no, yeah, obviously Macca's not here tonight, which is no, no surprise because he's not been in the squad for a, a few weeks as well. I assume he's his time at Charlton is done. But what did you... Did you make of that last night, see? The uh, the Gilby stuff. Yeah, no, I I, I think it was last night. Cause I actually, from the game at Charlton last night, I went down to Hastings. We had the Hastings play of the year, and obviously within our Charlton live chat, when it, when it got the link got put on, and I was just like, wow, like. I know you had a drink and you're celebrating being promoted, but you really need to be so conscious now that people have got mobile phones everywhere and they will video you and they will like take photographs of you. Just, I know you've had a beer, but at the same time you still need to be so aware of who's around. Because whether that was, like you say, it could have been sung about other clubs or whatever, but as a contracted player to a club, don't go and sing something like that. That's just really like irresponsible. Yeah, Ivan Tony did something very similar with Brentford when he was on holiday a couple of years ago, saying like, F Brentford or something. But he, he, he managed to win them back over by being an excellent player. But unfortunately, we've had a few who've, who've been not in that position to start off with and then, and, and then obviously find themselves uh, they're doing that, and, and that was another, uh, uh, you know, some, some of the fans haven't enjoyed it, to, to, to put it that way. Um, Lou, we, we haven't talked about yesterday's game yet briefly. 3-2 win against Port Vale. Uh, last home game is nice to, to end on that on that front because, uh, you know, as I said, uh, I've been a bit disappointed with some of the performances over the last few weeks. What did you make of yesterday's game? I thought it was a, a very much uh, an end-of-season encounter, really. Two teams with nothing to play for. 
was you know entertaining enough. I thought it it was a little bit poor in the second sort of second half of the first half. It was very droll. It had a bit of a pre-season feel to it. To be honest, it was pretty flat. Um, I thought we dropped in quality, um, but when we come out second half and got the second goal, it was much better. I mean, another just an, another unbelievable performance from Jezrak Saki. Um, I mean, we've touched on it already. Joe said like replacing him and what he has brought to this team is a task in itself without everything else that we've got to do this summer um, that is that's a serious hole to fill and um, yeah I mean he's what an outstanding young talent that boy is and he's going to go on and have an amazing career um, and it was good to see TC on the, on the score sheet as well I thought he's come in second half of the season at times when, when Corey's uh, been out injured and he's impressed you know I thought he's always looked dangerous he's looked good on the ball confident it's been a few times where maybe he's, he's looked a bit out of sorts against some of the, the bigger opposition, like Ipswich, he had a bit of a struggle. Um, but all in all, it's another young talent that we've produced that that looks like a real you know a real star that could come through. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the summer holds for him and I assume he'll be a lot more heavily involved in, in our plans next season. Um, and obviously Miles to round off with a goal as well. Um, you know, obviously there's a game next week, but just to touch on the season that he's had as well as a, as a young man being having the burden on his shoulders of carrying our you know that striker position given that we've struggled so much with with injuries and form you know as we've touched on McCauley didn't hit the heights when he came in Jaden started the season poorly and was sold and, and Chucks obviously unfortunately has, has had a couple of injuries again this season so that that young you know the young man of what 18 19 years of age has had to to carry the football club in terms of goal scoring with Jez as well um, and I mean what an outstanding outstanding asset he is to our football club Miles Lieburn you know there's three positives yesterday you look at those three players that scored they're three people that we can say you know they have performed this season they're, they're people that that I've you know I've, I've enjoyed watching in a Charlton shirt this year so no, it was not it's always nice to finish on a win the season as we as we've already said it's been a bit of a flat one but it does leave a, a little bit of a like a jovial feeling when you when you come away from the valley for the last time this season with three points um sadly it makes you optimistic for next season doesn't it but you know, we just uh, i'm just happy to get the three points yesterday and hopefully we can we can move on from this year and, and plan for the summer but obviously there's a lot going on that could uh, that could derail those plans but yeah. we will see um, we, we, we should talk about predictions for, for player of the year um, Mark it's, it's probably not quite like last year was a foregone conclusion with George Dobson I think everyone knew it was going to be him this year um, there's you know, a couple of players that stood out obviously as Lewis has mentioned there are the likes of Miles and Jez although he'll have hanging over him the, the Palace connection which some, some fans might not want to vote for you know and that would be very harsh on him because of the season he's had um, yeah, which, which way do you see this, this one going? Well, I think it's, it's going to be a two-horse race. I think it's Jez and Miles. Um, I'd, and I'd put my hat on probably third place being Lucas Ness. Um, where, will people actually say, oh, because he's a Palace loanee, we can't vote for him? No, you can't. You've got to look at what he's done. Like Joe said, he's responsible for at least 20 of our points this season. Um, and the thing about it is that other clubs watch us like we watch other clubs' players. We have a reputation for taking players on loan and improving them. We did it with Song. We did it with Mafadidi. We did it with Conor Gallagher. We've done it with Jez. So we've got an ability for a League One club, which maybe some championship clubs don't have, of going to bigger clubs and saying, look, who have you got, a young kid, who you think you can get something out of? Because look at what we can do to them here. 
they've got a grounding, they'll play, they'll learn. Jesse's going back to Palace, a, a much better player than he was when he first ran out on that first game. When he started scoring a few wonder goals, everyone thought, wow, this kid's going to do it. And he had a couple of quiet games. And then, but we've seen consistency from him over season and improvement. He stood up for himself when he got knocked down. You know, he handed out a slap, which was lovely. <laughs> but we as a club have got to say, look, this is what we can offer players coming in. And I know you asked me about player of the year. So, so look, I think it's those two. I think it's Jez, Miles and Lucas in that order. But I think looking for next season, clubs we can approach and say, look, who have you got? Young kids. Maybe, I say young kids, 18, 19-year-olds who aren't getting, are going to get a sniff in a premiership but need to get that experience of man's football. Come out, play in an ugly league. This is an ugly league. We've got some ugly grounds. We may just have, we might have a nice you know, ground, a nice pitch. We know there's some right toilet bowls out there we've got to go to. You know, mention no names, Fleetwood. But you go to places and say, right, this is what we can do. And so that's the kind of player who we can, if we can get two loanees, young loanees in next season, and one of them does half as well as Jez does, you know, that's a, that's a bonus, that's a benefit for us. So, yeah, we're sitting here at Play of the Year. We'd love to be crowning one of our own. And like I say, I think Miles will probably get Young Player of the Year. And Jez will take, deservedly, for, in my eyes, the Player of the Year. Because I think of what he's done for the club. And I think, regardless of who his parent club is. I mean, Connor came here from Chelsea. And we didn't go, oh, he's a Chelsea player. So, you know, we can't get behind him. We love Connor here until they took him away. And, you know, and he's a player he is for that six months he spent with us under both. Not for what he did at Swansea. You know, he went to Palace, he improved. And, you know, now they're queuing up to buy him in the summer. And uh, he's got to look back. And there are a few players who have come here on loan and it hasn't worked out. You know, but they're not the kind of players who we're looking at for the future of this club. You know, they'll go back to their parent clubs. I know there's one or two being linked with us already. But I think that's more rage and talk than our talk. Um, so there's a future bright the future's bright for a loanee to come here and say right this is what I can show what I can do it's a place I can go and say you know look at me I can go back to my parent club he can go back to Palace now because uh, Brighty's come over and watched him a few times seen what he's done and gone you know what What our choice now do we send him out to the championship to see if he can step up a level or now we're in a premiership for another season with Palace do we put him in our squad and say right let's give him you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, let's give him, you know, pointless cup games here and see what he can do. That's their decision. He's not our player. We won't get him back next season. Why Why would they send him back to us? It, it, it makes no sense. He's not going to improve again from having another season with us. As much as we'd love to see him playing, but, you know, we can say, we did that. You know, you'll see him score a worldie and go, yeah, you know where he learned that? He learned that from playing ugly football and playing in an ugly team and shining bright you know and that's, that's the future for us unfortunately at the moment mm, yeah and uh, it is nurturing, nurturing other players anyone before we break off then to hear the award ceremony does anyone else want to throw any other names in, into the ring um, Joe Sue anyone else who haven't been mentioned yet I mean yet? I think we were talking about it on our table I voted for Jez um, I think George possibly again just for the, the consistency but I think You've mentioned him a few times this season, Ashley. Yeah. Ashley Maynard Brewer, as a young keeper coming in, to, I, I feel like Jojo, in some respects, had a really 
it was really sad because it, I felt like he was actually playing quite well and then he broke his hand and then that was kind of the end. Ash has come in, now we've queried his distribution but as a keeper, some of them saves he made yesterday were well days, like you've got to look at that and think well actually again one of our own is he is he in with a shout i don't know yeah he may, may be uh in, in the running for because he's still quite young as well isn't he ash i don't know joe anyone else before we break off not anyone not anyone else but one thing i will say that it's a double-edged sword of an, an amazing amazing sort of feature but also a bit of a concern for us when we're looking at the squad as a whole is your best defender for me academy prospect ness goalkeeper youngster coming through our best attacking players have been our academy product or Chelsea's Palace wherever you want to put his colours academy prospect and up front Miles so it does show there's some real quality in there in terms of the young players we just need the players around them to support them I think any any of those players would deserve it I think Jez overall I originally voted for Dobbo before he had his little trail off because I thought start of the season he held the team together pretty much on his own at times but Jez has just been a different maker by a long, long way. And if he doesn't win it, it, I think it would be a shame and it wouldn't be a fair reflection of the season that we've had. Mm, Certainly. Right, well, um, I think we're getting closer to the time that the awards uh, will be dished out. So uh, what we'll do now on Charlton Live, we will sort of uh, step away from the mics for a little bit. We'll we'll have our sandwiches and we'll we'll wait for the awards. So uh, when you next hear us, uh, we'll be reacting. We'll either be reacting to whoever wins the Player of the Year uh, or we'll have an interview with a player, whatever happens uh, quickly after. So, um, thanks for listening to this first part. We will see you after the awards have been dished out. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Okay, next up is the winner of the Colin Cameron Supporter of the Year. Born in 1992, this person has been a Charlton fan since his childhood. His local team, and in the 01-02 season, he became a season ticket holder in the Northwest Family Stand. His first game being that exciting 4-4 draw against West Ham, and I think I played for West Ham in that game. <laughs> I deserve it. He was hooked. He since then has attended all home women's and men's matches, as well as enjoyed the away experience at Southampton, Coventry and Leicester, amongst others. His favourite players are George Dobson and Ella Rutherford. He's very active on social media and sends me plenty of stuff as well, like he sent me one this morning, of the two of us together. He loves Charlton Live, hosted by Louis Mendes. 
and was asked to share his thoughts by Louis before the game against Manchester United earlier in the year. He's a proud and active member of the Upbeats, training and playing football with the team as long as it doesn't clash with the Charlton game. He famously accepted the crossbar challenge at a Williams game in November 2021 on hitting the crossbar. A feat, as we all know, is rarely accomplished. He donated his winnings to the Upbeats. He tried again yesterday at the Valley, donating a further £500 to the Upbeats, but thanks to Valley Gold as well, attempting the crossbar challenge at half-time. Who is it? Jonathan West. Jonathan West. Uh, the disabled supporters uh, player of the season is Ashley Maynard Brewer. Okay, next up is the Fans Women's Team Player of the Year Awards. Okay, in third place, Angela Addison. In second place, John Rogers. And the winner. There's got to be drum roll here, surely. She's been up before, Beth Rose! Okay, now we've got the men's, fans men's team player of the year award, and I'll do this in reverse order. So this young guy had a magnificent breakthrough season in men's football. I think we've had to rely on him too much, but he's responded like he's been in the game for 10 years. Big, strong, quick. 13 goals this season, in total 12 in the league I think, and it's still a game to play. He's the young player of the year as well, he's been up here already, the sky's the limit, and I was his dad's roommate. Okay, this guy has done the job of two, sometimes three men at times over the course of the season. He was given the captaincy at the beginning of Dean Holden's tenure. He's also probably been up most nights as well after the birth of his first kid. He's probably knackered. Dolo, come on, come up. Okay, what a serious talent this player is. He was our top scorer with 15 goals. Only 20, is that right? Not just that, he's made assists as well. Quite often been our shining light in what happened some tough times this season. He must have won the hearts and minds of the Charlton fans because he's a Palace player. But he is my player of the year and yours as well. Jez, come back up. Well, we're now joined on Charlton Live by the Player of the Year, Jez at Raksaki. Jez, um, massive congratulations. How, how pleased are you to, to win the award? Um, yeah, I'm very delighted to win the award. Uh, I didn't really expect it coming into this season um, to achieve what I've done this season. So and I'm just very thankful to the fans and all the players uh, for supporting me this season. Yeah, I mean, um, we've spoken a number of times throughout the course of this season because 
you, you score every other week, so you always get put up for interviews. But in terms of like a, a first senior loan out there, I don't think I've ever seen someone make as much of an impact as you have. It, it was this sort of beyond your wildest dreams with the numbers you've hit this season, the goals, the assists, the the effect you've had on this team. Um, to be honest, um, it's been it's been very difficult. As even though people think that um, it's been easy for me, but I think the support of my family and my friends and my agent and my team that have had my back and always believed in me just gave me that extra edge to push on and yeah I'm just very delighted you probably had a bit of a learning curve at one point in this season and that there was a spell I imagine you weren't quite getting goals around December that was yeah. probably and that's part of learning that's part of why you've come out here did, did, did you pick up something in, in your own characteristics that, that helped you come through that spell and then and then come out the other side again um, yeah like you said I think it was a period I didn't score for about a good six to eight games and you know it's really affecting me because I want to help the team as much as I can get goals get assists but I think the support of my family has really helped me just encouraging me the teammates and the gaffer just supporting me um, giving me belief in my ability so now nah, when I found my feet again I just kicked on and yeah it was good I, I, I can't see a world where you're going to be here next season unfortunately because because you've achieved so much at league one level but have you had serious thoughts now about what you think I mean you know Palace is still in the Premier League do, do you feel like you're ready to, to make that next, that step up is, is the championship where you can see yourself next season um, I think like you said um, it's been a good season this year and that decision is not in my hands I've just done everything that I can on the pitch so that decision is um, yeah like I said not in my hands but whatever happens um, I'm sure it will be for the best it was. I found it quite awkward when you're up there, and I guess as a as a player who's made the the transition from from Palace to Charlton this season, um, it, it must be quite strange for you to, to be a hero of both South London clubs now. But um, yeah, I think you've been absolutely credit to yourself and and to your parent club as well. Um, and I hope that Charlton will remain quite a special part in in your heart as, as you go on into the future. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like I said up there, um, for it being my first loan and for it to go so well. Um, it will always be remembered that this was where my career started so yeah like I said it will always be with me for the rest of my career Cheers what, what's been obviously you've performed incredibly well this season what's been your standout highlight if you had to pick one what's, what's been your favourite moment this season I'll probably say the Ipswich game uh, when we were 2-0 down twice two goals behind twice just as the um, character and uh, what a special group of lads that we have and the fans as well being with us all the way made it um, made us something that was impossible for people made it possible so I think that's my favourite moment this season Joe you got one and what, what, what for you because that, that difficult spell that you mentioned was just as we were changing manager how has Holden coming in sort of changed how you've been playing this season because certainly the second half you it seems like you've just gone on an upward trajectory that even I or wasn't thinking it would be possible at the start of the season is that down to Holden or just yeah experience? Um, now 100% uh, when Holden came in as you know it was hard for me because the formation he was playing wasn't suitable to my game so I knew that I had to do something differently, maybe if it's running in behind more or getting stronger in the gym. So once I had my opportunity and then I took it and it's just been going higher and higher every day because he knows he talks to me every day in training and he wants me to score goals, he wants me to get assists. So I'm just very happy for the time he's taken to help me and all the rest of the coaches as well.
Jez, what do you say? I mean, you've got so many to choose from. What's been your favourite goal this season? Because you've just scored worldy after worldy. You're one of those players who, when they get the ball, we all move forward on the edge of our seats. And it's an amazing thing to watch, to have a player with so much skill playing for our club and you've scored some fantastic worldies, as they say. Which one's been your personal favourite? Um, I think I've changed my mind. They asked me over there and I said Exeter away, but <laughs> most of the goals came back to me. And I'll probably say um, Shrewsbury at home. Uh, I think it was the third goal of the game. Got the ball. Um, a couple of players around me took it around. Two of them went on the outside and yeah, used my left foot um, to poke it in. So, yeah, I think that one. Because you have retired so many defenders this season who are just, they go, they, they, they go and see where you're going and they're saying, we don't have to face him next season and we're yeah. so happy about that. Yeah. Uh, Jez, it's, um, it's been an honour to, to watch you play this season. It has been a, a real high point in, in obviously a difficult season for us. So, uh, as I say, all the best, whatever happens. and. Uh, yeah, thank you for your time this season. Thank you very much. Thank you. Charlton Live. We're now joined by the Women's Team Player of the Year, Beth Ray. Beth, um, congratulations. How does it feel? Yeah, it's nice to have the recognition. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not someone who ever sort of blows my own trumpet. So to have that recognition from fans and players, yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, and uh, as yourself and Karen were saying up on the on the stage there, it's um it's been it's been a good year for for the women's team. I feel like progression from last year crowd slightly up as well I mean how, how have you seen it this year almost oh, definitely I mean compared to last year obviously we finished fourth I think if we're like self-critical which we are as a team I think we could have finished higher and I think internally we're quite disappointed with some of the performances we have put out but overall you can't ask for something better to have a whole basically a new group this year to get them all to try and bond and then to finish a place higher I mean it's full credit to the staff and what they've done and to the players who have come in so yeah we're delighted yeah only 10 points off bristol city which isn't which isn't a massive gap when you think about it obviously um you know that we saw the the gulf between the two sides perhaps last week but yeah. what, what is it what, what does this side need to do to take that that next step to, to be challenging for the wsl do you know what i think when you look at the results most of them this season the ones we've lost or we've drawn have actually they've been in our control and i think it's just making sure in those sort of moments we're switched on as a team but i think the the game against Bristol didn't really reflect us as an outfit. I think we were extremely disappointed with that. And as I said, being self-critical as a team, yeah, we weren't happy at all. Um, I think it's just making sure in next season, whatever happens or wherever people may be, it's going with the same intensity and going, do you know what? This is the intentions and this is where we're going to set our bar and hold ourselves accountable if we fall short of that. Mm, yeah, because obviously the majority of defeats this season have only been by the odd yeah. goal. They, they've been tight games. We've seen late equaliser as well, so yeah. we could have higher points. Um, a high point, of course, um, for yourself, I'm guessing scoring a winning goal here at the Valley a few weeks ago. Um, is that up there with your favourite moment of the season? One of the favourite moments. I'm not really renowned for my scoring, <laughs> so I think that's yeah something that I was extremely happy with. Um, but I think for me trying to get as many assists as possible uh, to set my teammates up um, but I'm someone who I love a big block if there's a good challenge in near my own goal yeah I'll pride myself on that How much of a, of a difference has, has Mel made to this team an out and out goal scorer I think they're, they're saying top scorer in the championship although apparently yeah. there's a debate about it now but, um, <laughs> yeah how much, how much of a difference has she, has she made because I feel like we haven't had that out and out goal scorer for a few no. times perhaps since Kit left Yeah she's been uh, a big focal point for us um, someone who 
especially from the back, we look for. Um, and she's very versatile. Like not only like she'll hold the ball up, but she's very quick and she'll run in behind. So I think she causes a lot of problems for defenders because they don't know which way she's going to go, which for us is a, a strength when we go forward. Well, how big of an influence has Karen been over the last couple of years? Of course, obviously the, the club turning professional as well has got to play a, a big part in that. But what sort of manager is she? I know she's been there and done that before with Spurs, yeah. hasn't she? So, yeah. yeah, no, she's been there, done that. I think, I mean, if you spoke to her, she probably takes on experience from that, but does it differently this year. I mean, we're a whole different group of players and... I guess football's come on a bit now, uh, but I think since she's come in, you've seen how professional the, the, the club has changed and how much she's taken from her time at Spurs and tried to implement it into this club and push it forward. Um, and as a person, I think she's very open to listening to us um, and sort of what we want as players, um, and she takes all of that on board. But also not just her, there's a whole group of them from staff. I mean, you've got Laura, Ritish, and all the backroom staff as well so they work in a group yeah and just finally obviously so so we had we had the game at the valley here at three or four now this season and but when you look at some of the crowds like like bristol last week there are clubs that get bigger crowds than us what, what, what can we do as a club to get more down there to support it because as karen said the, the product on the pitch has actually been very good like the amount of goals we scored this season compared to last i think we were like half over to our target after about three games this year so what, what more can, can Charlton fans do to, to come down to you? I think it needs to be pushed a lot more in the local community. Um, I think getting into schools and showing them that, do you know what, like the women's are just as good as the men. I think when you speak to a lot of people, they haven't ever seen a women's game before. And they come down and they're like, oh, this is incredible. I mean, I was speaking to a fan today and she was like, yeah, I brought my niece down for the first time the other day and she loved it. She was like, there was no rolling around. And I was like, yeah, but we pride ourselves on that. So I think it's just pushing it as much as possible. But also, once we establish as a club our footing, I think the fan base will grow. I think it's difficult when you probably come from nothing and you're just trying to build because I think fans are unsure. But as time goes and as the game grows, I think more fans will start to filter in. Fingers crossed that'll be the case. Beth, congratulations thank again. You. Thanks for coming to speak to us on Charlton Live. Perfect, thank you. Charlton Live. Right, we're now joined on Charlton Live by Dan Carney and Zach Mitchell. Um, Dan, I'll start with you since you sat near him. Um, how, how have you found this season? Been a, a bit of a breakthrough year for you. How have you found it? Yeah, I really, really enjoyed this season. It's been, yeah, it's, like you said, it's been a, a real, real good breakthrough season for me. I've made 10 appearances in the league and 14 overall include Papa John so it's been a really really good experience for me and yeah I've just enjoyed every minute of it really um, you told me two years ago when I started out my scholarship that I'd be here at this point with like these kind of stats and things like that I'd have told you you're joking and like it's just been yeah it's been a lot of development and I'm still developing right now but I've just enjoyed every minute of it and it's just onwards and upwards for me, and I just try my best to reach my potential. I'm obviously working alongside all the coaches every day. I'm sure I can do that. Yeah, I mean, obviously you've hit. I think you're, you're close to a million goals now in, in the academy football. Um, <laughs> how, how have you found the step up into into league football? What, what's what's the like the main differences that you've noticed since you've come up into sort of men's football? I think the difference is it's just like you just don't get as many chances, and uh, it's when you make the most of your chances, you then begin to get more chances because teammates trust you more teams become more wary of you look at someone like Jezra exactly every time he gets the ball it looks like he's going to do something he's going to create a goal and automatically he instills a fear and that's the kind of player I want to, want to be I want to like instill fear in like the opposition cause trouble because ultimately that's what attacking players do and that's exactly what I want to do 
Dean, Dean um, gave you a real boost. I think it was his first game, or one of his first games, that he threw you in alongside um, Miles up top. And obviously, you got that great assist as well. Uh, how much of a, of a sort of mentor and a boost has he been since he's coming for you? Oh, massive, massive boost because I hadn't played in the league at all. So, throughout the whole season, I hadn't touched the league. So, going from. I've literally just played the youth cup with the under 18s when we lost uh, we lost three teams to Newcastle and then towards Christmas time I was supposed to get a little break and I get a message saying that I'm going to be training the first team for Christmas break I was like okay mom yes that's all right it's pretty fit though you wanted to yeah. turkey some Christmas pudding but. so I was like that's fine and then training goes well meeting obviously get to know the gaffer a lot better as well and then the day before the Peterborough game at home or two days before, should I say, on Christmas Eve, he tells me, you know what, I'm looking to start you uh, in my first game in charge. I was like, wow, like, just didn't expect this because I've gone from not touching the league to now starting it. And I was, it was a real experience and it was capped off by obviously that assist for Miles, which I felt, yeah, it just gave me a lot, a lot of confidence and yeah, it just told me that if I keep my head down and just continue working, the opportunities will come and I can make the most of them. I'm really looking forward to the next few years to, to see how you go. Um, Zach, congratulations. You had, a, you had an award already, the Apprentice of the Year from the, um, from the NFL. And that, that, that's, some, that's, some, that's some award that is. Um, there's some big names who've won that in, in the past. What did, what did that mean to you? Yeah, definitely delighted. It was, it was a lovely evening the other night. Um, and then obviously topped off by, by actually getting the award. Um, yeah, I think I've said this said this before the other day. I think with with the past winners, you know, you can only look up to them um, and try to aspire to achieve what they've done. Um, and you know, it's, it's a reflection of the opportunities I think that I've been given this season. Um, so yeah, really appreciative for for all of those and and how supportive the whole you know staff, uh, players and um, just the club in general with fans and everyone, they've, they've been amazing in welcoming um, this season and, and making it, you know, really special. Yeah, um, Jess was getting a lot of stick about Palace, um, I think you know this is going, but in your family obviously you've got, you've got someone who's played Football League experience, he's actually gone through a bit of a tough time recently with injury as well, but your brother Billy obviously at Millwall, how much of an influence has he been sort of on your, on your career so far? Yeah, definitely, I think he's He's been absolutely vital in my development. Um, you know, I think you know we can forget he's at Mill, but aside from that, yeah, he's been he's been amazing. I, I've said you know you can always go to him for, for advice and support, um, and yeah, just just someone to look up to in in many different ways, and I definitely owe a lot to him. Um, yeah, both both just being that that mentor in terms of football, but also just that friend off the pitch as well. Yeah, and obviously you've had a fair bit of first team experience, including obviously yesterday you got you come off the bench as well. And again, the same question really: what's the step up from sort of boys' football into men's football like? I and mean, obviously there's experience moments, I guess, for everyone in the season. Obviously you had you had a moment at Plymouth that you learned from, but this is the part of your career where you learn from that, I guess. And yeah, I think yeah. like you said, with that Plymouth moment, you you realise that it's it's men's football and. And everything counts, you know. Winning is obviously the main priority, and uh, sometimes you just got to take less risks. Um, it's not necessarily where you have 18s and 21s football. Where it's about more developing yourself as a player. Um, it's more about getting those three points at the end of the day. And um, yeah, a big part of that, I think, coming up to that that first team environment is probably the physicality. You know, um, 
trying to use your physicality to, to the best of its advantage and, and really just trying to impose yourself, especially in that centre-back position. I think you know, you're going to be coming up against a lot of big strikers and attackers, so you've got, you've got to learn to deal with that and, and you know, work around that. Zach, obviously this, this season's been a real breakthrough for you. Uh, going into a, into the summer now, preparations for next season. What what are your targets for next year? Are you are you looking to be a little bit more of a mainstay in that in that sort of senior senior setup now that you're yeah, getting I a think, bit more established? Yeah, I think that's got to be the aim. I think try trying to establish yourself as a, as a first team player, and I, I think I've had a you know a great sort of great through season. I'm really um, appreciative of that. But you know you've got to strive towards more and definitely try to look towards being that that regular name on the team sheet um, so yeah I think that starts even in the off season so try and work as hard as possible uh, get get ready for pre-season and, and take it from there absolutely brilliant well chaps can, uh, congratulations uh, on, on your breakthrough seasons and as I said for, for both of you I'm really looking forward to next year thank you thank you guys we're now joined uh, for our final interview of the evening by the Addicts boss uh, Dean Holden here at the player of the year dinner and Dean well first of all see Jez um, I'm glad that we put the Palace thing aside because it would have been very petty of us if we hadn't because he's been outstanding this season, hasn't he? Yeah, he's a, he's a worthy winner, isn't he? I mean, it, he's an incredible young player. I think fair play to him for coming out of that comfort zone of the under-21 system. Um, I think Crystal Palace have, have benefited from, from Jez coming to us. I think we benefited as a football club too. As much as Jez has benefited himself as well, you know, as, as an individual player, he's... Um, He's had exposure to men's football for the first time. He's he's been some player. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's still got lots to learn, but you watch him. He gets the ball in that, particularly in that right corner of the box, and you think, "Go on, something's going to happen here." And we saw it again yesterday. And um, I think it's important. I, I got him on stage there. He, he's a little bit shy and all the rest of it. But it was important that you know, whoever the supporters can't be, that get to Cheltenham. It was important that we all got there next, uh, tonight to celebrate what a fantastic player he's been because. He's been a big part of, of us staying up the season. Let's not forget about that. When I come in at Christmas, there was a there was a bit of a challenge about going down. The remit was to stay up, and um, you know to get to tenth position is is fantastic in terms of where we were. It's not where we want to get to. He's been a big part of that. There's been moments this season where you stand there and you think the game could go either way, and he gets on the ball and you think, my word, what a player! Yeah, and, uh, I think he's got the top, Louis. I think he really got the top. He's got a great temperament. I was at the EFL Awards with, with his family last weekend. I think he, I think he's really got a great chance of, of going to the top level. I've got to be honest with you. Yeah, and and uh, <laughs> it's painful that obviously he came from Palace because we know he's going back to make them better again. But for us, I said I said this a few weeks ago. I mean, we've had a, a bit of a reputation as a club of bringing in Premier League loan players. Conor Gallagher was here a couple of seasons ago. Um, you mentioned Alex Songles. 10, 15 years ago, we, we brought in big name players and helped them improve. Is that is that something that will hold us in good stead going into next year? Well, you'd rather have your own, and don't get me wrong, there's plenty of them. I mean, we, we could be here all night talking about the youngsters that have come through our academy. I, I think, I have to say, I don't. there's not many clubs in the in the 72 in the EFL that could name the, the players that we've got coming through our academy. I think we, I've got to be fair, I think we might take it for granted a little bit. I really do. I think people, I was getting asked questions a couple of weeks ago about, OK, so the season's kind of done in terms of you're not going down, you're not going up. Are you now going to start to blood youngsters? I'm like, are you... You winding me up like the youngsters have been there all season. Like you think about Lucas Ness before he got injured, and obviously Ash has played every game, every minute, and there's, and there's many more miles. You know, 
Daniel Carney who started my first two games because he, I felt it was the only player that could run in behind. So, um, ideally, you want to obviously promote your own players. Of course, you do. But we have to acknowledge we're a League One team. We are a, we are a huge club in League One. And I think Kerb said this a few weeks ago. I think we look at, we're sat here now with the stadium behind us. This is one incredible arena. Louis, you'll know better than me. You've been a footballer all your life. This is one incredible football club. I've been here as an away supporter. But at the moment, we're in League One. And we need to acknowledge that. And the quicker we do that, the better. And I think, great that we're one of the bigger teams. How do we get to the Championship? And you have to accept that some of the better players you mentioned there, you'd never get Conor Gallagher on a permanent signing because he's such a great player as he's gone on to prove. So you have to tap into that market. Um, you have to use that with the youngsters coming through and then and get some good seniors. And we have got some good seniors here already, but we need to recruit even more. We need to we need to put a squad together. I know exactly what this squad needs to get promoted next year in terms of how many goals you need to score, how many clean sheets you need, how many how many wins you need. Um, average age in the last 10 years it's been brought. I know all that information and now it's just about acting on it. The squad, the squad that you've had this year, I think there's probably going to be a lot of churn is that is that fair to say in the summer uh, without you yeah, i'm not asking names or anything at this point but do you, do you feel like there there will be a fair bit of turnover yeah, because I think, of where we are in league one i think you're fair listen you've been pushing me for weeks on that and, and i've been reluctant to obviously to talk about it because i think we've had a the one thing we have had with this group of players and and your people can argue about the quality and and maybe sometimes when we concede we go under a little bit set pieces we've, we've been poor there's lots of factors why we've not got where we need to get to, but I've tried not to talk about that because I've seen it before. I think managers have come out and, and started nailing certain uh, groups of players, and all of a sudden you see a, a real drop in performance. And my, my aim was to get to the end of this season, you know, trying to get as strong as we can. Obviously, we had a, you know, this was a dead rubber yesterday. The Port Vale probably needed a point, but you know, the boys have gone out and produced and got a, and got a good a good uh, home win, which was really important. People think. That's not a big deal. To, to finish the home season with a, with a win, with the optimism of the next, it was really important to me. And um, I think, obviously, once we get Sunday's game out of the way, well, um, I can see I'm sitting on the fence here, Anna, but once we get Sunday's game out of the way, we, we'll start. You'll see it publicly, obviously, with the with the release and retain list. I'm yet to have them conversation with the players. I'm going to speak to them on Friday morning about that. But I know exactly where we're at now. I know exactly where we're at. I just didn't want to go too early and um, you know possibly suffer for the last four or five games. I wanted to finish as strong as we can. I think players, certain players were still kind of up for, that, up for debate. And why not keep the hunger? I'll give you another chance to sit on the fence. And I know you're, you're bored of this conversation. I'm, I'm desperately bored of this conversation. But there's been further breaking news in the, the takeover front since we've been sat in this room with... Um, well, Char Charlie's lot seems to be back on the scene. They were obviously the lot that brought, the, brought you in. Can you give us anything that you know about what's happened over the last few days? I mean, in terms of tonight, um, obviously I've been in, I've been in the event. I went to the toilet earlier. Someone actually showed me a reported scene on, on uh, if I can say, on Sky Sports News that, that breaking news. I've not seen that at all. I've been obviously immersed in, in the event. I've not been off stage. If you can see it, Scott Minnow's had me up and down for every pretty much every ward. So um, I'll take stock of that tomorrow. I think. I was aware of that. I was aware of obviously that group coming back in. I think they've made a, an improved offer for the for the football club, and obviously I, I know them guys. I, you know, everybody knows that. So I think we'll see. I think Thomas is is in control. Thomas, somebody I'm speaking to all the time. 
Um, yet to speak to Thomas today, but I'm sure I'll speak. I'll catch up with him tomorrow, and we'll, and we'll see exactly what's going on. He, essentially, Thomas wants what's best for the football club, and, and obviously wants to get a deal sorted. So let, let, let's see. Let's see what happens. I, I, I don't want to sit on the fence and say I don't know what's going on because I've heard certain things, but I don't know everything, really. So um, ultimately, this football club needs to have some clarity in terms of budget for next season in terms of where exactly where we're going we all know what we want to do we all know that my remit with this season was to stay up and then next season to push on to the top six and let, let's hope that's still the, still the case just, just one last one before I let the other chaps jump in with a couple um, the, the situation I don't know the, the connection between the manager and, and the fans obviously I think I think it's probably one of the best I've seen for, for a long time um, you know I say little things but coming, coming to the upbeats what yesterday was probably the first time we've seen a manager do that actually um, between the players and, and the fans, I'm not just talking about Charlton and I, I'm talking about all the fan base. Obviously, they, they've seen performances at times this season that they've really been able to get behind, but they've seen performances that they haven't. How, how important is it that next season that there's a clean slate and, and actually that a real connection can be built again between us and us and them for fans and, and the players? Yeah, I think when you go to any stadium, you can, you can sit, sense it straight away, can't you, as a fan? You can tell whether the, the fans and the players are connected or not. And I think, I think that... The slight issue we've got is that this has been 10 years and plus in the making. This is not, you know, something we draw home to Accrington a couple of weeks ago, we get booed off. It was a, it were a great performance. I don't think it was the worst performance either, but I think that's just a, I think that's just a 10 years in the making of, of come on, what's going on with this football club? We, you know, we're Charlton Athletic, Accrington Stanley were probably much lower than us 10 years ago. What's going on? And I think, I'm using that as an example, but I think the next season, it's hard to get a clean slate because of all the, historical feelings that fans have got yourself and, and the guys around the table it's hard for me to sit here now and say let's start with a clean slate next year because I don't think that's possible I think what's going to happen is the longer this goes on that's going to become more and more intense and we need to you know we need to get it, it, it takes a lot of um, you need big balls to play at this stadium because it's not an, you know it's not one of the smaller clubs in the division this is a big club the biggest club in, in league one without doubt and it takes it takes some balls to play this stadium when you when you're playing against them, them types of teams and you know for us there will be pressure next season i i, I buzz off that I, I thrive on that expectation it, i see it as a positive i think i'd rather be here with all the expectation of the support base thinking okay we need to be at the top end of the table rather than a, one of the so-called small teams who's, who's fighting to stay in league one and we need to recruit characters and players that can handle that pressure one of the biggest positives this season has to be our academy. We've seen Zach Mitchell recognised for his Apprentice of the Year. Um, breakthroughs for, for the likes of Lucas Ness, Miles Lieburn, just to name a few. How important is our academy as the DNA of this football club and how impressive you've been with the, the quality of players that have come through this season from that setup? Yeah, I've never, never seen it. I've never seen um, an academy like it. I've got to be honest, I've obviously been at a a lot of football clubs over the last you know, I've been in football since I was 16 years old 20 odd years and you know it's incredible what Steve Avery and his staff and, and have done and that's recognised and, and as long as I'm the manager of this football club I was always I will always give them guys a chance because I I remember as a young player myself you know you just want an opportunity if you're good enough you'll get in and players get in different ways sometimes I got in there was no secret there was there was four or five injuries to, the, to that position before I even got a chance <laughs> which maybe was a, a reason why I didn't go on but Big Sam Allardyce gave me my opportunity at that point and, and I was very grateful for it and I think players get in in different ways through injuries, through suspension, through, through luck 
and then every now and again you'll get a, a Miles Lieburn, a Daniel Carney who just comes from a young age and, and the important thing is people come at different times some might need a loan some might need to you know, progress further and, and then come back a bit later so I will always give them opportunities because that's supporters love nothing more than one of their own coming through don't they? You, you, you disagree if you want but no, supporters love nothing more than one of their own coming through the, the important thing is at this time is that we need to get some good seniors around them to, to, to get to the top end of the league you know it's been great what's happened with the academy incredible but this club needs to get up to the championship as quick as it can and, and they can and they can flourish even even further <coughs> we as a fan base we talk you've, you've used the word clarity um, in terms of us knowing what we're looking at next season how how difficult a job does that make it for you in terms of talking to players or, and even you mentioned looking at someone for the backroom staff without maybe knowing 100% on budgets and, and different things like that and trying to marry that all together and yet still not end up a couple of weeks behind or even a month behind other teams out there in, in a similar position to us yeah good question I think we I'm really clear in terms of what we need in terms of what positions and what players we need I've got a list of players and from from obviously the top target down to number two and down number three and you never quite know you know that your top target might end up going to a higher division or higher whatever so you know you need to have a list I'm really clear on that you're right because you know until this gets resolved we don't quite know do we so as soon as we start making offers for players you know we'll have to see we'll have to see what happens I think I think I think you're right I think the guys I think Louis touched on it before, the guys that are, that are looking to come in are really committed to coming in. I think the money's there, I think I think there's a there's a real plan and we can start to move forward pretty quickly but obviously I, I don't know the ins and outs and to be honest don't really want to start talking about all that stuff because that's not my, that's not what I'm an expert in. I'm not an expert in anything to be honest but um, you know, what I will talk about is coaching and players but I'll try not to duck your question. I think clarity is the key thing. You know, the quicker we can... Um, Absolutely finalise exactly where we're at, what what uh, supermarket we're shopping in. We'll um, be able to move, we're ready to go. Dean, you've spoken about how important it is to have someone like Curbs available at the end of a phone to you. Having a senior manager like that, and you're a young manager in... You know, you've been in football for a long time, but you're a fairly young manager for, for a club like this. How often do you sort of like taken his advice on, or is it just a purely he phones up and or you speak to him or you clash and say, you know, this is the way, and he steers you as opposed to look, I would do it this way. How do you find working with having a mentor, for example, like that, who's available for you? Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got different guys that I, I would tap into at different times. I mean, Curves, luckily for me, has become the next one on the list, so to speak. I think. I've not spoke to him like loads, but I've spoke to him at key moments. Uh, a couple of times um, I've instigated the conversation, and another time he's, he's given me a call. And he's basically an experienced guy who's been in and around it, and why would you not tap into that? Like, I don't know all the answers. The first thing I said when I came into the club is I don't know everything about Charlton Athletic, and I don't know all the answers, you know, but you'll certainly try and find them. So, Curbs has been, Curbs been fantastic. He's, he's one of a number of guys, along, I've said it before, with, with Brownie who's obviously not been in terms of management but certainly um, at that level but certainly coaching and playing Keith Peacock was here tonight Scott Minto you know these Walsh uh, I'm quite lucky in that respect I sat down a few probably it's probably six seven eight weeks ago now where Jason from the community trust came into my office for a brew and Stewie Barman is an old 
Um, an old Charlton, obviously Charlton centre back, played with him at Oldham, fantastic uh, guy. He came in and, and the way that him and Jason kind of shook each other's hand, I could see there was like, I'm, I'm like, what's this about? It's 20 odd years in the making. I'd not seen it at any other club. You know, the guy from the community, this, and I just thought there's something special going on here. And, you could, and that's what we're trying to recreate. We're trying to bring everybody together. I came in, listen, the, the place was in silos. Was, the academy was stuck over there. The, the women's team was there. The first team was over there. And the supporters were sort of stuck to this. And all we're trying to do, it's not rocket science. We're trying to be as honest as we can. And it's difficult for me with the ownership because I'd love to say more. I can't, obviously. Um, just trying to bring everybody together. You know, supporters want well for this football club as much as they might boo when we get beat at Ipswich and we get a few V signs and all that which you totally get by the way I'd be doing the same if I was in way and I've been in that away and a few times as a supporter um, you have to you have to take it on a bad day but at the same time they want the best for this club no supporter wakes up in the morning and wants bad for Charlton Athletic they want the total best you know? and the players are the same and the staff are the same and sometimes it doesn't quite go so well does it and, and we've not had enough of them moments this season there's been too much inconsistency but overall if you can pull it all together, look at this stadium and look at the support base, look what we took to Old Trafford, like something so magical. This is not some non-league team which has got you know, got up to League One in the last 10 years. This is a historical team and it's gone through some pain. And um, my aim, obviously, is, as quickly as we can, is to bring it all together. Ultimately, success on the pitch is what everybody looks for and I totally get it. But there's so much good going on behind it. I just hope this summer we can bring it all together and this time next year we'll be sat here with a a big trophy in this middle of this table instead of one of these energy drinks that Louis brought in <laughs> and we'll uh, we'll be we'll be going long into the night. <laughs> Let's just say we, we love the Carabao Cup so much after getting to Old Trafford so that's why we had to pick it. <laughs> I didn't think you could mention the name that's why I didn't <laughs> yeah, so they owe me money now. <laughs> right, Dean, um, thanks so much no for uh, for joining us on Charlton Live and uh, for all your time on, on BBC London as well this uh, this season so we've got one more to go so uh, look forward to to next weekend and then uh, well a, a very big summer for the club thanks Tom see you yeah. Charlton fellas Charlton Live right well we've uh, pretty much come to the end of the evening here the uh, the fans bar is starting to to empty out it's, it's been another enjoyable night and uh, we, we couldn't go away without saying a, a massive thank you to, to Gene who's uh, organised another excellent event Gene uh, really pleased that you've allowed us into your, into your event once more um, have you enjoyed your evening yeah actually I have it's very stressful leading up to it you wonder if people are going to drop out. Last year, unfortunately, we had a few players drop out at the last minute, which was very disappointing for some of the people obviously involved on those tables. But everyone turned up this year, which is a credit to Tracy and to Dean. And I think it was a very enjoyable evening. I'm just happy when people are happy. That's all we're, we're really here for. Yeah, it's not something I believe, obviously, because I'm here. But some, some people say after a bad season, why do, we, why do we have these evenings? But, I mean, nights like tonight, even if you don't speak to any of the players, the, the fans coming together is what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, totally agree. And I think when you've got characters like our manager, um, you can't, how can I put it, put a price on how much he brings to the club and how much he brings supporters and players together. He's just a genuine guy, which is someone we've wanted for a long time. Obviously, Jacko was a genuine guy too, but unfortunately, he didn't fit the profile that we needed at the time, and hopefully Dean has. He's totally gets this club. We bought him a card that says, thank you for getting our club, and hope we got a successful and lengthy partnership together and I hope that that tells him the way we feel about him. Yeah, potentially tough, well certainly uncertain times ahead. How, how, are, you, how are you feeling as a, 
as a fan who's who's seen a lot over the years as well? Oh, it's hard to know what to say. Um, I read on Charlton Life that it's happening tomorrow, then it's not, and then someone's walked away, and then they might not be. Who knows what's going on? I really have no idea whatsoever. Just hope whatever happens is positive for the supporters, the players, and our famous football club in general. Mm, and well, whatever happens, we, we still have this, this Charlton community that we've had in this room. Uh, this evening so Jean mass- massive thanks so I'm, I'm going to wrap up the podcast now so I'll say first of all thanks to you and, and all the guys who've helped uh, organise this evening and uh, already look forward to next year when as Dean said hopefully we'll have a trophy on the table <laughs> alongside us you're very welcome let's hope player of the year next year is a promotion player of the year fantastic well that's uh, fingers crossed probably uh, hope rather than expectation uh, Lewis Cat, who's been alongside us throughout the evening uh, massive thank you for your hard work this uh, this season still no got worries. another couple of shows yet so don't get too, too <laughs> relaxed yet yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, cheers for tonight, mate. No, mate. Thanks for having me again, as as always. Oh yeah, I think it's my eighth season with Charlton Live now, going into my ninth season next year. So yeah, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Absolute pleasure, Mark Newbury. As always, good to see you. No, good to be here. I look forward to the buffet next time. <laughs> I'll bring the food next time. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Joe Joe had to shoot off, but massive thanks to him and Sue, of course. Um, yeah, sorry, I've just I've just crept over because I absolutely adore my dream. <laughs> well, thanks, uh, thanks for all your work this season and uh, you yeah, coming back into the show the last couple of years. It's been a pleasure to have you back on uh, as well. So, like, yeah, last word from me then. Thank you to everyone who's uh, uh, listened to this year's Play of the Year dinner special. And um, yes, yeah, so we will be back on on Thursday, so I won't give it the big soppy goodbye just yet. But thanks for listening. Uh, I'm Louis Mendez. I uh, hope you've enjoyed the show, and uh, we'll see you again on Thursday. <laughs> Just want to do a few welcomes. Can we say hello to the Charlton Live team? Louis Mendez, are you on air at the moment? There you are. I said this last year. I meant it then, I mean it now. I try and listen as much every single week. It's great fun. Um, the balance between feeling the passion stroke hurt of a Charlton fan <laughs> with a bit of humour chucked in as well is, is absolutely brilliant. So, great to see you guys. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.